Moms. I'm Wendy Sparks. And I'm Stephanie Folahan. Today we have the pleasure of speaking with Carrie Kuzma, who is the awesome mother of Kyle Kuzma of the LA Lakers. Before we bring Carrie on, Stephanie, how was your week? I had a great week. I feel like I always have a great week. What about you? This week I actually had a good one. Um, I actually had a Zoom call with some of the professional parents of um, basketball players. Um, we were speaking about uh, what's going on with the voting and making sure the players are getting registered. And we had a guest speaker, and it was Reverend Al Sharpton. Oh, my God. Yes. Really? Yes. So to just listen to him talk with the parents and give his ultimate words of wisdom was fantastic. I mean, he took a few minutes out of his book signing um, to be with us. So for me, that was the highlight of my week. That's so, amazing. Yeah. So tell me, what'd you do? Well, now I can't go. Next time I need to go first to make sure that <laughs> I can compare. You can top it. Right? Oh, so I have, I have a really good week. I found out that awesome. I'm a finalist for New Business of the Year with the Halifax Chamber of Commerce. Good for you. Um, Congratulations. So, but tell us, what do you do? So I'm an accountant and I have a small accounting practice and uh, I've got like a small team. Everything we do, we see is small, but it, it's big to the clients themselves. And uh, so even just to be recognized in this is, is pretty cool. It's not necessarily anywhere I saw like myself going or happening for me. So really cool uh, thing to be a part of. I love nothing more than to see a woman who was recognized for her talents. Uh, you know what I mean? Other than being a fantastic mom, we are more than moms. We are, you know, I mean? we have careers and we and we do what we do and we do it very, very well. So congratulations to you. Thank you. I have um, Deja's birthdays on Tuesday and I didn't do nearly not even remotely close to what we did for Caesar's birthday for her. So I know the buildup is there. She in her head, she's like, I've been waiting two months. I know it's my time. They're going to go all out. Caesar got a whole room and <laughs> didn't do anything oh, yet. Busy mom. That's I okay. Know. I'm sure you guys will figure it out and she'll appreciate it no matter what you guys do. She's pretty easy. So last minute, like a cake and a couple of mermaid toys will be fine. But in my heart, like, I know the effort versus, like, the weeks of build-up for Caesars. I'll have some guilt around that for a little while. Well, birthdays are big for, for kids, right? It's, it's, it's big until you get to, like, 40 and then it ends. <laughs> 40? I don't want to talk about birthdays anymore. <laughs> no, I celebrated till I was 40. Yeah? yeah, yeah, yeah. After a while, I was like, okay, now we're good. But <laughs> Yeah, like, we did Ming's birthday huge this year, and then, like, my birthday came along, and I was like, don't even say it. Like, I'm not ready. <laughs> you know, for me, I always wanted my kids' birthdays to be big, and... It's funny because growing up, you know, I would have birthday parties and stuff. But then now they're, they're adults. I don't know what to get them. And, you know, my 22-year-old, he always wants, you know, I give him money. Yeah. And Dre is huge. You know what I mean? He's, he's, he really, really, really wants a lot of money. You know what I mean? So that's what I give him when I can. And then, Cam, I mean, what do you buy an NBA player? You know what I mean? Like, I don't have that salary, so I laugh all the time, and I'm always like, what do you want for your birthday? You're a card with 20 bucks. I tell you, and I pray, and I tell them all the time, like, just say nothing. You know what I mean? Right? Make it easy for me. Help me out. Well, you know what? We have Carrie Kuzma, who is ready to join us, and uh, we'll ask her, what does she do for Kyle's birthday? He's growing up as a kid. Let's do it. Yeah. Hi, Carrie. 
Hi, how are you? Good yourself? Good. Good, good, good. Well, thank you for for coming on our show. We really appreciate you taking uh, some time. Before you came on, we were talking about uh, birthdays. birthdays. (laughs) 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 And what do you get your kids for, you know, for their birthdays? And so my question to you with Kyle, you know, being a little boy, what is the difference between the gifts you got him then to the gifts you get him now as an NBA player? Um, so the gifts like last year, they have to be more thought out for yeah. sure. Like <laughs> real, I mean, realistically, you know, he can buy himself whatever he wants. Yeah. yeah. So, um, last year I, I know this uh, oral surgeon and he's a big into astronomy and he does birth charts. Um, so I had him put together a birth chart for Kyle nice. and it was really cool. It was like pages and it went through like everything and um he really liked it he's kind of coming into where he's like maybe I'm pushing him a little bit but I'm, I'm really spiritual so he's kind of getting into that sort of thing nice so well that's so that's what I got him um you know and then just like things for his house for Christmas I got him a um one of those like like a six foot long um like a fire pit, but, but like the, you know, the, whatever the fake flame ones are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they just have to be thought out more. Yeah. It's not like you can just give him a pair of tennis shoes. And, and <laughs> the go-to. He definitely yeah. doesn't want any more tennis shoes, so. Yeah. You know. Hmm. I never know what to give my son for his birthday, what I was saying. Um, neither one of my kids. I mean, Cam, I mean, he plays with the Orlando Magic. I'm like, what do you get a Magic player? And I always laugh, you know what I mean? And he's... In the middle of Orlando, you know what I mean? I'm in, in Canada, you know what I mean? We're so cold. <laughs> so I, if I'm, if I'm going to buy a fire pit, I want to keep it for myself. I don't want to get it for him. <laughs> like, I want to give him nothing. Like, just, you buy it for both of us. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll keep it here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll keep it for when you come to see me. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm going to start doing. Yeah, so thank you for telling us. Thank you for sharing that idea with us. <laughs> So we want to thank you for coming on the show and we, we want to learn more about your son and who he is as a person, who he is as a player and just how it all started for, for him and for you as a basketball mom. So as a uh, basketball player, he's a very hard worker, you know, his, his mentality and his work ethic are um, clearly top notch just because if you know where he came from and you know what he played like when he was in even ninth grade you probably would be astonished wow so um clearly he has worked really hard to get where he's at and then as a person he's um he's funny he's hilarious he likes to joke around um so he's got a great personality he's caring um, cares about people a lot. Um, so that's, I mean, that's pretty much. You did a good job. Show. <laughs> <laughs> so is it fair to say that the, uh, Fisher Price, uh, basketball net that you bought for him when he's a toddler, is it, is, is that fair to say that, uh, that's where his love for basketball came? Uh, I think so. <laughs> You know, living in Michigan, you can't get outside much. So, you know, if you can just throw that in your living room. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
and then they can just play on it year round. Um, yeah, I think so. So you raised him, and uh, you have two other kids, is it? Uh-huh. Right. Yep. And you raised, and that's right. So you had to raise your kids in Flint, Michigan, which is a really rough and violent area. So as a single mom, like, what did you do to make sure that your kids were safe? Um, I Kyle would probably tell you that I'm a, I'm very overprotective. Yeah. Very, you know, and I think most moms are, but, mm-hmm. um, like I never really, I never really, you know, went out to the bars or anything when they were little. Um, you know, I didn't drink around them. I didn't, you know, do any kind of drugs. I was just, I worked, brought them food, yeah. you know, took care of them. Um, and I think the biggest thing with me, I just was overprotective. I just really watched who they hung around. You know, I didn't let them go a lot of places. They probably thought I was <laughs> mean, but you know what? They're still here. <laughs> so, um, and I, I can't even imagine having kids today. Like, yeah, not with everything that's going on. I, I can't even fathom it. So. I can only imagine having to find things for them to do to keep off the streets. And Kyle used to go to the YMCA a lot and has a special connection with them till this day. How often was he there? Um, I mean, he didn't start going to the Y till I would say he's like later middle school, high school. Um, I mean, for the most part, you know, he, they played games when they were little and um, when he was home, you know, he went to the Y, you know, when I was at work or I had to work long days, he'd want to go hang out there. Um, I don't know. He probably went maybe once or twice a week. And that's where he started to play basketball. Um, I mean, he played, he started playing basketball when he was in like the second grade with, um, Monte. So, um, Monte Morris. Mm-hmm. So uh, they were on a little team called the Flintstones and they played in Beecher um, so and <laughs> they were cute. And everybody used to call Kyle the little Tayshawn Prince. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, being able to watch them play when they were that young and just watching them grow into what they are now is just like time flies. It's just mind boggling. It it's is. amazing. Isn't it great to see them where they start and where they are now? You know what I mean? That, that progression of them being young uh-huh. boys, impressionable boys, and now they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're young, impressionable men. <laughs> right. Just still a, boys to me in my yeah, head. That's what I mean. <laughs> right. Yeah. Still, still little Kyle, no matter what he does. He's still a right. baby, right? Like, right? like Stephanie, Caesar is how old now? So I'm like sitting over here at the edge of my seat, like waiting to jump in because I've got a, a little boy. His name is Caesar. He's four. And uh, I keep trying to catch a catch wind of when Kyle took it seriously. So when you ask the question about him going to the Y, because my, my husband is seven feet tall. So it's sort of inevitable that that, you know, basketball will be the sport that he gravitates to or hopefully that he's uh, he's interested in because he will be probably pushed into it. But uh, <laughs> he doesn't show any interest in it at the moment. So w- when Kyle was really young, you said in the second grade he played for the Flintstones. Um, mm-hmm. Did he take it seriously? What did he just want? Like, how, was he there because you sent him, or did he? Did no, he have fun? He was, he, 
pretty serious about it, but he did have fun too, you know. Um, I think he's always really taken basketball seriously. So I I think just deep down, he's a competitor. So much like me, I think. (laughs) It's a good (laughs) quality. And was he tall early? No, actually. um, So he didn't really have a growth spurt until his senior year in high school. Oh, wow. Wow. He was like six. I would say he's probably like six one. Um, like his junior year, maybe six two. Okay. And then um, I had went because he had went away to a, a, a prep school in Philadelphia. So I had went to watch a tournament, which was like I don't even know. It was a while later because um, I didn't really. I worked a lot, so I didn't have you know time to travel or money to travel. So when I had went to see him. I was just like astonished. He had grown like he was like six six. Oh wow! From like one, I was like, wow. "What is this?" Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! But it happened really fast. Well, so you said he went to prep school, which was, I believe, Rise Academy. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so what did he do to stand out? Um, because at that point, when he was playing high school, he wasn't really getting that visibility that he wanted. Um, and then he got to, he started sending out tapes and hence Rise Academy. So mm-hmm. what other things did he do to stand out? Because it must be hard for a young boy who really just, you know, the vision for our boys are just NBA. They don't right. see anything else other than NBA. And mm-hmm. when you're not getting that, you know what I mean? When people are not knocking on that door and calling you, there's things that they have to do and us as parents have to do um, to make sure that our kids are in the forefront um, especially when you're playing for schools that have um, not much visibility. So what did you have to do and he have to do to kind of put him in front of everybody else? The thing about Kyle, <laughs> he, I think he just, he knows what he wants and he goes after it. Yeah. Um, because like pretty much the whole uh, prep school thing, you know, he, he played during the summer for different um, AAU teams and he had a couple of good coaches that actually, you know, helped him along the way. Um, Paul, Paul Carmona was one of them. Um, he played for Dorian's Pride. Um, so I actually didn't do anything to get him into the prep school. Um, Kyle had it all determined from like eighth grade. He had like a plan A, B, and C. Right. He was going to be the NBA or he was going to, uh, go overseas or he was gonna be a commentator and so it was like his junior year um right before his senior year and he had found a prep school to go to and so when he told me you know he said I'm you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go to Bentley my senior year I'm gonna you know I found the school to go to and you know I just trusted him and I said okay <laughs> and uh he, you know, told me like a month before he was going to leave and it was like August and then it was time for him to leave and he went. Wow. <laughs> and, and so as far as like, you know, him like sending out the tapes and stuff, um, I think when he had his growth spurt, like his senior year, I think it just kind of 
brought, I don't know, like all of his skills together, you know, um, from him being shorter, he generally had, you know, decent handles. And then when he got taller, just kind of like put everything together because, you know, not a lot of tall guys can, you know, dribble the ball and, and do all that stuff. But um, so I think it was his, his growth spurt that really put everything together. And then um, just, you know, his coaches. And then he went to a couple of big tournaments. Right. Um, uh, I think one was in Pittsburgh and the other was in like uh, Las Vegas and everything just came together. Like he, he did great, you know, um, he was scoring like 28, 30 points every game. And, um, you know, there's always going to be some college coaches there and um, just started looking at it and recruiting them. And um, I think that's where Utah saw him first was maybe in um, Las Vegas. So. Well, prep school seemed to have helped him um, because now at this point he was playing with more competitive players, which really upped his game a lot, which now. Plus you're playing more, you know, more than just high school. Right, Mm -hmm. right. And mm-hmm. he was getting more recognition. So mm-hmm. what was that like now to get to start to get offers now from all these Division I schools? Um, just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> was it expected? Um, I, think it, I think it was expected he was going to play somewhere. But when it was, you know, all the, the big name schools, it was just like, wow, wow. You know, yeah. just kind of overwhelming just to think like your kid is... You know, you know, you know playing at one of these schools. I understand well, how you feel about that because with my son too. I mean, we're from Canada, right? So the the thought then was in order to play or to go to a different level, you have to move to the U.S. And then here mm-hmm. I was getting all these letters and all these offers. And after a while, I'm like, oh, it's too, it's too much. It's too much. Like, you know what I mean? Because I didn't know anything about half these schools. Not even right. a quarter of these schools. Never even heard of them. And when I looked them up, you know what I mean? They were huge. So that for me as a parent made me say, okay, you know what? I'm going to have to get more involved now and, and really look and see, you know, which schools are the better program for, for my son. Cause he didn't care. He just wanted to get on the team, put a Jersey on and play. It didn't, didn't matter to him if it was in Kentucky, if it wasn't in Russia, he didn't care. He just, <laughs> he just wanted to leave home and leave home now. Does it? <laughs> Like, I'm ready. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He I can't imagine ready. one of them telling me they want to leave home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ready. Stephanie, you're going to have to get ready. Oh, well, my yeah. husband would yeah. ship them off <laughs> now. Yeah. Like, Ming is ready for them to go. Yeah. And I'm like, they can just stay home till they're 40. Like, yeah, can then take care of us. Yeah, it's not going to happen. It's not no, going to happen. I, when Carrie was talking, she said that uh, she works a lot. And it like was like a bit of an aha moment for me because I work a lot, too, now. And maybe prep school makes a lot of sense because there's going to be things that I'm never going to have time to do based on my career. Right. So thank you for that. I don't <laughs> yeah. have a question around it. I just really had an aha moment when you were talking right there, working a lot in prep school, like the, the synergy there. Yeah. I mean, a lot of parents will ask me, you know, cause they're not sure whether to leave their kids here or, uh, you know, send them to a prep school. And I, I say that they get way more exposure at a prep school than they would ever get in like a local high school and the only thing is is just really got to check out the prep schools and make sure that everything's good checks off yeah yeah Yeah. so (laughs) 
for me, prep school was new. I didn't even know prep school existed. You know what I mean? For it, for where we grew up, it was you went to high school, you went to college, you went to university, and that was it. So when people were saying to me, well, no, your son should go to our prep school, that was really a learning curve for me. And mm-hmm. quickly, because I had the prep schools that were calling, you know what I mean? And the universities were, always, were already calling, but of course, for after when he went to prep school, and it was just... It was just a lot, but I guess as a parent, you really, really don't have much of a choice but to, you know what I mean, make that investment and see um, right. where things lead. Right. So you had all these offers, and how did you make that choice? Like, how did Utah come into play? Um, Kyle made the, made the choice, and honestly, I think it was because they were one of the first schools that showed interest in him and kind of followed it all the way through. And at the time, you know, um, Larry, who's the coach, he um, always reached out to Kyle. And every time I talked to him, you know, he said he'd be treated like family and um, which they did him and his family, him and Jan, like they always included the boys in like everything, um, you know, dinners and uh, or, or when I did go out there, um, you know, their house was open to me. It was nice. So it was a family atmosphere. Um, so. But he had to redshirt the first year, right? Yep. Of, mm-hmm. Why did he have to redshirt? Um, I think it, it was just something that had to do with the prep school. Right. Yeah. It, and I'm not sure exactly what it was, but the, like, I'm not sure if it was like the, the grades or I don't know, but it had something to do with the prep school. How hard was that for Kyle to have to sit out? Um, it would be hard for anybody that loves basketball. You don't have to sit out, mm-hmm. just do practices and yep. <laughs> not be able to play in the games. So, yep. yeah, yep. I'm asking because my son too had to sit out. He had to redshirt for a year when he went from Pitt to, to UNLV and the poor huh. child, he was, he was just itching to get on the court, just dying yeah. to get on there. And they did a tour when he left Pitt and went and, uh, went to UNLV, they did a tour, um, in, in Canada. So they came to Montreal, our hometown, and then they went to Ottawa, and Ken was just sitting there. And, you know, his friends were there, and everybody was happy to see him, you know what I mean? But it was like he couldn't be there. He couldn't really play in front of them and stuff. So um, yeah, that's, why I, yeah, that's why I was asking, because I understand what it's like to, you know what I mean? They, they just want to play. Probably torture. <laughs> <laughs> just as bad as us making them clean up their rooms. So, right. <laughs> I just did that before I came here. Go clean your room. So he played. I mean, eventually he got to play, and um, he dominated and played what I think was two great seasons. Mm -hmm. And then he was invited to the NBA Combine. What was that like? Was it exciting? Yeah. (laughs) It was exciting. He did well there. So yeah. um, You know, I just think that he he was ready for that moment. You know when you want something so bad and you, you know, practice all your life for something, um, show up and show out, I guess. Was mom ready though? Yeah, I think I was was definitely ready. I'm more ready for the NBA draft. (laughs) (laughs) I think. Well, of course. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, well let's move forward to, to draft night. 
What was that like for you guys? I mean, he was projected to go um, even second round or undrafted, and here he he ended up at 27th overall. So, like, what what did you guys expect? Um, for the most part, um, realistically, I didn't really care whether, you know, as long as he got drafted. Uh-huh. I mean, you can prove yourself anytime. Yeah. Um, but when he was, you know, he was drafted the first round, um, it, it was really overwhelming. You know, we had a little party for him. Um, and I think everybody kind of thought he was going to go first round. So when they, when they did call, you know, his name, it was pretty surreal. And then the Lakers called him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, come on now. the Lakers. <laughs> the Lakers. I mean, Magic Johnson is 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 the president of the basketball club. I mean, wow to think that your your baby's playing for Ma- well with Magic Johnson more or less. I mean, how how was that for him? For me or him? For both of you. Um, for him, I think it was probably a dream <laughs> dream true. Um, for me, same thing. You know, I couldn't. I don't think I could have asked for a better organization for him to go to um, just because of, um, I mean, where it's at and what it stands for, you know, it's so, it's, LA is so much bigger than just basketball. There's so many opportunities on and off the court, you know, different than a lot of different places. The fan base is, uh, don't get me started. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> we want to get you started. It's okay. <laughs> Fan base is um, is just huge. I mean, you can go to any game anywhere in the country, and there will be a ton of Laker, you know, jerseys yeah. in the crowd. Just it's just crazy. What, um, what was that like for you, though, as mom, to see Kyle play his first game? Just say amongst all the fans, and it's different. It's not TV now. This is real. It's really loud in there. <laughs> so. Um, well, you know, I don't know. It was kind of, it was different. I mean, even when he was in Utah, I kind of got used to watching him play on TV because that was different yeah. for me too, you know. But then I'm like, thank God I got a TV because I can't, you know, fly to Utah. You know, it's a, it's a long trip. Um, <laughs> so I got used to watching him on TV. So I think when he started playing for the Lakers, kind of the same feeling. It wasn't really anything new. The only thing new was like, that uniform, like seeing him in, you know, purple and gold uniform, which was like, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and, you know, Magic and, you know, just all of them. It was just like, wow. (laughs) Listening to people talk about Kyle, I'm talking about at the beginning, and they were saying things like, this kid is very special. Um, This kid is going to go a long way. And even the late, great Kobe uh, said that what he found different about Kyle was that Kyle was very inquisitive and he always wanted to know um, why things are done or how things are done. And he said that's the attributes of a wonderful player. So how do you feel when you hear these people say these things about your son? I mean, I think every, every parent likes to hear positive, uplifting things about their children, um, especially when they know, like, they're a, a good human being, you know, um, and just hearing them say things like that. I mean, it, it, 
I made my heart melt, you know, and um, just having like Kobe be a mentor to Kyle, like that was pretty special. Like even um, just him playing with LeBron is and having him as a mentor, you know, I think that those are some of the things that, you know, nobody can take away from him yeah. and the things that he will learn and has learned uh, from them, like they're irreplaceable. Like nobody could, nobody else could teach him those things. That is so true because, uh, you know what I mean? Should he move on one day to a different team or should LeBron move on to another team or whatever the case is, you know what I mean? It's always mm-hmm. wonderful that he'll always have those, you know what I mean? He'll have that friendship or he'll have that connection with him and, and that mentorship that will help him grow to be a better player in the future. Right. I mean, Kyle's young. He still has a lot of, a lot of time left. Right. And how to be, you know, how to be a leader and how to just take care of your body, which is one of the most important things if you're going to have longevity as a player. Uh So, so are you in the bubble? No, no, nope. What is, have you spoken to Kyle about the bubble? Like what's going on in there? Like what's the hype there? Uh, I don't think there's much hype. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, every time I see him, he's laying in bed. Uh, I mean, he's, I mean, the only thing that he's, there, there's a couple of things that the players do, you know, they can go fishing or they can go to the pool or go golfing. Uh-huh. So, I mean, for Kyle, he pretty much has mastered his golf game. Um, and <laughs> that's the one thing that he said, you know, he'll definitely be doing after he gets out of the bubble yeah. the rest of his life. Um, so, I mean, there's not a lot for them to do other than, you know, what they need to do for their job. And then outside of that, there's not much. (laughs) Well, I guess he's, uh, getting ready for, (laughs) for this series. What'd you think about last night's game? Uh, nerve wracking. (laughs) I mean, they, I feel like they should have closed it out and won. Yeah. But one more we're still we're still ahead in the series so tomorrow night they better just finish it clinch it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean last night's game oh my god i was, I was screaming falling off uh-huh. my chair all the way down to the last second that last shot omg <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, yeah just waiting saying okay this is it this is it. I'm going to speak to Carrie tomorrow. <laughs> She's going to be a championship mom. <laughs> I wish I'd be in a much better mood. <laughs> How does Kyle feel about last night's game? Uh, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't talk to him last night after the game and I haven't called him yet. So, I mean, I'm sure like they're all just, you know, they're probably not down on themselves, but they're, they know they should have won and ended it. They want to get out of the bubble. I want them to be out of the bubble. I feel like they've been there so long that physically and mentally, this is where we're at right now because, you know, I don't think, I don't think people really understand. They think, oh, they're getting paid. They're, you know, playing basketball. But when you're like, imagine being in a a basketball camp for three or four months, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know if any, you know, if you've ever played basketball, but, Mm -hmm. you know. Two weeks of a basketball camp is kind yeah, of enough. a long time. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And then you're in there for four months, and wow. you can't see your family, and there's nothing to do. Which you know, they a lot of them have said they've learned how to save money. 
Oh yeah, because you can't go nowhere. You can't go to all these fancy restaurants, and you know, so true. Um, but I think that you know, I just I respect all of them a lot for you know being in there so long. But I think it's it's time time to go. I think it's time to get out of there. So because um, I think mentally and emotionally, yeah. physically, it just it has taken a lot out of them. So um, I'm ready for him to win tomorrow night and be done. <laughs> Just to get out of there, eh? Yeah. Right. I know my son, too. After a, after a certain point, he was like, I'm tired. I just want to go. I mean, right. he played his games as best as he could and did everything he could. But at the same time, he was like, I'm just, I'm ready. Like, if we win, we win. If we lose, you know what I mean? It sucks. But I'm sure he had, like, his, his feet, <laughs> like, just ready to run, you know what I mean, the other direction because... Like he was telling me, the bubble was hard. It's mm-hmm. not as easy as a lot of people, you know what I mean? Right. A lot of people thought it, it would be. Like you're saying, people say because they're players. Like they should just accept the fact that they have all this money. And, and like I don't think one has anything to do with, you know yeah, what I mean? Right. Like what does having money, have a long money have to do with you being able to cope more of being in a confined environment? I mean. And it's people just don't get it. And they don't. Have to are saying stuff or you know, they, they probably never played a team sport in their life. So they have no idea, no or, concept. Or never experienced the lives that our, that our, our boys are, are, are living. Right. Yeah. Right. So one area I wanted to talk to you about, um, was Kyle's perception or his thoughts of black lives matter. Cause I see that he, um, he's very vocal about it and, you know, I mean, as a biracial man, like, what is his stance on what's going on today? Um, I think he's he's very involved. Yeah. Like I said, he's a caring person. Yeah. Um, and I think that because he is mixed, um, and he's always kind of got it from both sides. Right. You know, you're white, you're black. You're you know, you're black, you're white. Um, he has compassion for people, and you know right is right and wrong is wrong. Like you see what, you know, people and cops do to, you know, people of color. And it's just, you know, it's not right. And for people to sit there and just say, you know, all the negative things that they can or blue lives matter, you know, you know, blue is not, you know, a color of a person. It's a job that you, uh, you know, you swore that you would protect people Um, and I just think that he holds it dearly to him, um, just because he sees what's going on in the world. Like he's, he's woke to like, what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I think that you have to stay like that, especially if you're in the public eye, because that's their platform. Yeah. You know, not everybody has a platform and not everybody, you know, somebody might care about it, but they can't, you know, they can't say what's going on and they can't spread it like what you know, some of the NBA players can, um, it just reaches more people and allows other people to see what's really going on. And I'm not saying there's, you know, you know, all cops are bad because they're, we have cops in our family and they're, they're good. And I know many cops, but there's, there's many bad ones out there too. Of course. So the thing with the, the blue lives matters that they can take that off at the end of the day and they can walk around and nobody knows they're a cop, but like I have mixed children just like you mm-hmm. and they're black all day. So mm-hmm. I, I see both sides entirely, but you, at the end of the day, when you're, you clock out at whatever time as a cop, it ends for you right there. Whereas our right. children, 
have to experience this everywhere they go because this is who they will be forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is something that the three of us with our babies are going to have to always explain. You know what I mean? Like I was, I was talking to my son the other day, my youngest son. And I'm like, you know, it's just weird because I would always have to tell them protect yourself, and they would. He would always be like, from what? Because he didn't understand. Whole different world now. The difference is, though. Well, what's more prevalent now is that. Like you were saying before, the, the cops are, are, or the police are who we tell our children to go to to be protected, for protection. Right. I can't say that to my kids now. You're like, you know what I mean? I can't say, you know what I mean? Should you be somewhere and you need help, go to a police officer. That's the, probably the last advice I want to give to him now, you know what I mean, or give them now. And it, and it sucks because where do we send our children? Who Who's going to protect our children? And it, to me, it's just, it, it's, anyways, it, it's, it's really a bad thing that we all have to go through. And I don't think a lot of people understand that our kids are just going to always be targets. Right. And I, I just think that, you know, it's more prevalent and like just recognized now just because of the leadership in the country, yeah. you know, and, you know, which is sad. I just, everybody needs to go vote. Yeah, a lot of parents um, have come together to make sure that our players are um, are registered to vote. Um, and with me doing some findings, that's where I saw um, I saw um, some videos where Kyle was talking about it. So that's why I was asking you how you know what I mean, like what's he doing and how is he campaigning and you know what I mean. So I hope right. and pray that he's getting that message out as much as he can as well and getting his, you know what I mean, his colleagues out there and his, you know what I mean, to, to get out there right. and vote because without he's that, really, there's not going to be change. Yeah, he's really into, um, you know, fashion and he's started, he's really into uh, drawing and, and doing art, painting. So that's one of the huge things that he's started doing. And then, you know, he started his own clothes line and um, he's also represented by Puma. And so he actually helped them design um, a T-shirt for voting um, that I think it comes out on the 13th that you can buy from Puma. Nice. So it's pretty cool. It has, it's just got like like little different color arms at the yeah, bottom. Yeah. And then it just says vote. So just to get the word out there a little bit more, plus they're donating like $25,000 to help um, just, I think others be able to vote. So Wow. Well, that's, that's good. I mean, and it, it's nice to see our players get involved, right? Like when, when the, they kneeled the first time and then when mm-hmm. the Bucks walked off the court and everybody else follows suit. I mean, it's, it's good to see that our, our, our kids are, are trying to make a difference, you know what I mean? And letting the world know that they're not going to stand for this anymore. Right. So, well, good luck in all his campaigns and everything else that he's doing. And uh, I'm excited to see his T-shirt <laughs> on the 13th. <laughs> yeah, I posted it on my Instagram, so. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. We'll have to post it on our um, on our Courtside Moms uh, site. And, um, you know what I mean? We'll put on our platforms and support and, it. Yeah, for sure. absolutely. And ask our, our, our fans to support it as well because it's a great, great cause. Right. My last question to you is, as a mother, what advice would you give to another mom of an up-and-coming player? Um, I would just say, you know, trust your child. Believe in, believe in your child. Um, you know, 
always be aware of their surroundings and the people that, that come in their circle, but um, just give them the ball and let them, you know, let them go where they may, but you just be in the background yeah. <laughs> and be overprotective. Yeah. <laughs> Check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I got that down. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know what? We, well, they say it's overprotective, but for us, it's just being a mom. Right. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> well, Carrie, we thank you so, so, so much for your time. Really, thank you for coming on Courtside Moms and, and just, you know, give it, giving us an insight as to who Kyle really is and, and allowing us to learn um, a lot more about himself and yourself as well. Thank you for having me. Thank you and have an awesome day. Thank you. you too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Join me and Steph every week on Courtside Moms, where you get a courtside seat outside of the arena. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe and listen for free on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts.